Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Transformational Coaching Podcast. This is your host, Brandon Hyman, coming to you live on a beautiful Monday morning, President's Day 2023. Hope everybody had a great weekend. I hope your week's off to a good start. I know most of you are uh, probably off today, but you guys and ladies working from the house, hope things are going well. Um, if you're off, hope you're enjoying a great day. I uh, wanted to uh, spend some time talking about <clears throat> something that's pretty important to me um, as a coach and also as a parent. Um, as most of a lot of people know, uh, high school baseball season's one month away. Sorry, not one month away, one week away. Um, our opening day is next Monday for our varsity baseball team. Our JV guys will go ahead and get started with their preseason tournament this weekend. So, we're in that weird uh, period of time for parents, okay? And we're kind of, it's somewhat of a weird period of time for a lot of our uh, high school athletes as well. Um, so kind of the gist of this podcast is going to be a parent's guide to embracing your child's role uh, this spring. And this is, you know, obviously relevant to baseball, high school baseball right now, because that's what I coach. Uh, it's what my experience is, but... Uh, it's relevant to any sport, really. Uh, it's relevant to when your kid gets into the workforce, relevant to him being a part of a team. It's relevant to all that stuff because we're in that area as parents where, you know, up, in the, up until this point, we've probably spent a lot more time um, allowing our input to influence things or thinking that, and I don't mean this rude, thinking that our opinion on matters matters. Um and for most parents, as your child gets into high school and they start playing high school sports, you start seeing this transition to where there's less of a focus on your concerns and thoughts and opinions on playing time and where your child should play and stuff like that. And it, you, you kind of find yourself really, for the first time, having to just be a fan. And not just a fan of your kid, but a fan of, fan of everybody's kid. And sometimes that kid you're rooting on is directly competing with your child for a starting spot. Um, so it's a, it's a weird time. It's a time of growth for a lot of people. Um, and what I want to talk about today is just trying to help you guys navigate that. So uh, one thing you really helped me out with, um, I got a quick ask. If you're not following me on Twitter, give me a follow, at Brandon M. Hyman. Um, share a lot of stuff there every day. Uh, I have a... Substack, coachhyman.substack.com. You can subscribe there. Uh, you'll get an email that links you to the newsletter. Uh, the Not the newsletter. I haven't started that yet, but it'll link you to any new articles that I send out. Um, that's kind of the – that's the big thing for me right now. It's just getting content out in email um, using Substack. I'm attempting to do this podcast thing because I obviously know when I get get to writing, I can write and continue to write and write some more. And what I probably could say in about 15 minutes turns into like a 30-minute read. And I know some people don't like to read. Uh, some people prefer to listen. So uh, with every article I put out there, I'm going to try to add an audio part. You know, I'm going to try to keep them very similar in content. But, you know, just like with writing, sometimes with talking, you can kind of get off in left field or something. Uh, really hit you in a certain way. So my apologies in advance if this gets a little long-winded. I'll try to keep it under 30 minutes. Um, 
the final thing you can do to help us out is uh, coachhyman.com. That's a new website website that I'm working on. Um, I haven't quite figured out what the best way to go about disseminating this this content is. I don't know if uh, having your own website's the way to go, if Substack's the way to go, if just doing a podcast. I, I don't really know. Um, or throwing out on Twitter. I don't know. So it's kind of trial and error for me right now. Uh, trying to figure out, you know, I imagine six months from now this will look drastically different than it does today. But, you know, your feedback is greatly appreciated. Uh, if there's things that you would like, don't like, would prefer to see. I mean, I got an email from a guy this morning. Hey, man, love your content. It's just too long. You know, <laughs> hey, that's good, though. He said, I don't know how you can shorten it up, but you might want to shorten it up 1,200 words or less. So as I started looking through all my posts, they're like 2,500. 4,200. I mean, it's a lot of words. You know, when you look at something that says, hey, check out this article. It's a quick 19-minute read. <laughs> no thanks. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out how to how to summarize a lot of stuff and get it down a little bit for you. But I appreciate all the feedback. Appreciate the subscribes, the, the follows and everything. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it coming again. Uh, your feedback is greatly appreciated because it will help me be better. So. All right, so back to the original topic, a parent's guide to embracing your child's role uh, this spring. So as a coach, I I think, again, the challenge we run into is most parents and most kids, right, they start playing B-team sports, they move to JV and varsity, and up up until this point in their life, uh, they've always been required to play. Okay, so you play rec ball, there's there's a role that everybody has to get at least one in bat and play one inning in the field. And and it should be that way in rec ball. Um, and travel ball. Uh, you're paying money to play, uh, so there is an expectation that my kid gets ample playing time during the weekends um, at our tournaments. That's fair. Uh, you're paying money to play. Hey, in all honesty, this is one of the reasons why when we did Junior Legion, we moved away from the pay-to-play model because it's really not – when you pay to play, there's an expectation of playing time. And when there's an expectation of playing time, sometimes you can move away from what the uh, the initial goal of something was. The initial goal of our Junior Legion program was continued developing our players. Uh you know, as we've talked about in the past, players have roles within the program. We have to put them in positions where they can continue to develop uh, and get better. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that playing time should always be equal. We moved away from the pay-for-play model in Junior Legion because it allowed us the opportunity to make sure we were developing the right guys and the right roles and stuff like that without the the constant complaint of, well, this kid has 30 at-bats and my kid only has 15 and we both paid the same amount of money. I mean, that's the truth of the matter. And, and that's a fair argument from a parent's standpoint. Like, why why am I paying money to play when my kid's not playing equal? So I get it. It's fair. Um, but coming into high school athletics with that mindset, um, you know, it, it it takes a shift. You know, it takes – we have to we have to try to shift that focus. Um and we ask our players all the time, hey, listen, you know, playing time's not going to be equal in high school. It's just not. Um, but, you know, 
everybody's piece of the pie. You know, we talk about a pie chart. We say, hey, a pie chart equals what? 100%. Okay. We got 16 guys on our varsity team. Okay. One of those guys probably has 10% of the pie. Another guy, 9%. Maybe one guy has 13%. Uh, Any way you cut it, if you take those 16 players and you divide them into a piece of the pie, everybody owns a piece. There's nobody at zero. There's nobody at 100 uh, and everybody's role is going to be different. Everybody's contribution to the pie is going to be different. But the most important thing about all this is that everybody's contributing their part. So if your job is to be the Tuesday night the Tuesday night starter in region play on the bump, go be the best Tuesday night starter you can be, okay? If your job is to pinch hit late in the game, be the best pinch hitter you can be, okay? If your job is to be the courtesy runner, be the best courtesy runner you can be. Those are what, That's what your role is. Now, you don't have to like your role. Okay, and as a parent, you don't have to like your 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 son's role or your child's role. Um, but they still need to focus on executing that role. Just because you don't like it, you still need to be the best at that role. And then if you don't like the role, work to improve the role. Now, the thing that a lot of people don't understand is roles are weird in the sense that you can be doing everything right at practice. All right, let's say that you're – you're a guy we look at and say, hey, we want this guy to be able to pinch hit for us late in games. Okay, and then you go out, you have three games in a row where it's like, okay, you pinch hit. I mean, pinch hitting is a hard, hard role, okay? Because, I mean, you're getting one at bat a game sometimes. You know, most times just one at bat a game, they're going to do that a few times a week. All right, and you might go one for three that week. You're not feeling all that great about yourself, but that's actually really good. Um but then the guy that's playing the position in front of you, you know, maybe he's just tearing it up. Maybe he's went, you know, maybe he went nine for sixteen uh, this week. Maybe he went ten for twenty this week. So he's batting right at five hundred. He's executing his role. So even though you're putting in the work, you're improving, you're making those improvements, doing everything right. Something positive still has to happen in front of you, and normally it normally comes at the expense of somebody else. Uh, that's when you start seeing your role change. Now, all things being equal, guy in front of you is batting 250. You're doing well in the opportunities that you're getting. Um, you know, you're giving the coaches a reason to say, hey, this guy's not necessarily doing his job, but our other guy, he is. He's executing. He's working hard. Hey, we need to give this guy a look. That's normally how that works. So, um, that's kind of a breakdown of like the whole role concept. Now, <clears throat> roles are going to change depending on the level of play too. So in the article that I released on Substack and released on WordPress, um, coachhyman.com, check it out. Um, you know, I broke down the levels of play into three levels. So you've got in high school sports, you're going to have a B team, you're going to have a junior varsity team, you're going to have a varsity team. So as a parent, it's really important that you understand what each – what each team represents, what the goal of each team is, and all that. Um, so I'll start with the B team, and I coached B team at Southside for three years as the head coach. And kind of my philosophy on that was I tried to schedule as many doubleheaders as I could. Uh, we counted the first game of the doubleheader in terms of league standings, uh, and the second game was more of a development game. So. I always carried a large roster. I carried anywhere from 15 to 19 kids. Um, I think 19 was the most I had, like 17 was the fewest. But um, anyways, you know, and, and we played in a league called the PD Conference, and, you know, you wanted to go out and win the league. 
Uh, so we did put a focus on winning that first game of every doubleheader. Um, and that's because there were league standings tied, tied to it. There were championships tied to it. I think it's important that kids learn to compete early. Uh, if score didn't matter, we wouldn't have a scoreboard. I mean, people spend thousands of dollars on these nice scoreboards that keep track of three things, runs, hits, and errors. I mean, those are important things. Uh, at the end of the day, if we're preparing them for the rest of their life, then it's vital that we start teaching them how to compete uh, in sports, in the classroom, in the workforce. Like, you have to compete because at the end of the day, if you're not – if you show up for a job interview and you're not the best guy for the candidate, you don't win that day, you're not going to get the job. It's that, it's that simple. So, you know, winning is a lifestyle. It's a commitment to being different. It's a commitment to the process, getting out of the bed every day, trying to be different. So the earlier we could teach that, the better. So there's a misconception that winning doesn't matter early in the high school career. That's false. Uh, the people who came up with that rule, I've got some opinions on why they feel that way. We won't talk about it here, but it is what it is. Um, but at the B team level, uh, okay, so winning is important, uh, but – most important is making sure that we're putting people in, in situations where they can develop in game. So if you're playing a doubleheader and you want to go after it game one, that's cool. Go after it. We should be going after it. But game two, we should be taking everybody who didn't play, get them in the lineup, barring no attitude issues or effort issues. Uh, that was kind of the way I did it. Um and I think that's the way the majority of the programs do it. Now, as far as what's important at the B team level, you know, we always talked about our B team program being like the minor leagues for our varsity program. Um, we wanted them practicing with us. Uh, now, we don't get the luxury of doing that anymore because our middle school is now not sharing the same field as us. But we do send coaches over to you know try to work with them, help with them in the the tryout process and stuff like that. And, and, and for our middle school coach, Bly, coach Pickett, they do a really good job. Um, but anyways, you know, it's vital that those kids that are in that program, they're becoming really good at the things that are important for our baseball program. So understanding things like our offensive philosophy, what we do with uh, runner on third, less than two outs, understanding how to hit and run, why we do it, when we do it, understanding the significance of bunting, stealing, um, how we play defense when we talk about things like double cuts, relays, fly ball communication. All that stuff is stuff that we have to be helping these B-team players get really good at by the time we they hit the ninth grade. When they show up in you know October of their freshman year, we should be able to look at any of them and say, hey, ball, you know, runner on first, ball hit, hit to the foul pole in right field, where's everybody going? You know, walk me through that play, and they should be able to tell us. Um, tell me what we're looking for with a runner on third base less than two outs. What, is that, what does success look like there? Those are all things that they shouldn't even have to think about it. A guy named – coach named Andy Hallett here in uh, South Carolina, coach at a school named A.C. Flora, great coach, runs a great program. He talked about his kids understanding two plus two, right? You ask any kid in the world, you say, what's two plus two? They know it's four. Why? Because they know. Like, they don't just know it. They, they know it. Like, really know it. Yes, that same kid, what's 100 plus? What's 107 times 23? Well, you know, I'm going to pull my calculator. I don't really know that. So our goal is everything that's important to our high school program, 
those middle school, those those seventh and eighth graders, when they hit ninth grade, they know it, like know it, know it, because we're trying to cut the learning curve out. So there's not a, there's not a lot of new information they're learning when they get to high school. They're just getting acclimated to the pace of play, because that's what's really changing at every level of baseball. The only thing that's really changing is the speed of the game. The game speeds up. So as coaches, we got to help our players slow the game down, right? Um, so that kind of breaks down the B team. I don't think I missed anything there, but if I did, shoot me an email. Got a question, tweet me, email, text, whatever's easiest, let me know. Um, so recap on that, just ensuring the kids are getting opportunities to compete. Um, everybody, as long as they're not doing anything to to get punished as far as you know, being a jerk in the classroom, not making the right grades, or not being coachable. As long as they're not checking those boxes, we need to find opportunities for them to get in the game. Um, and, again, the second thing is we've got to know, not just know, but know-know, uh, the core fundamentals of the program. That's most important. Uh, all right, so now we transition to JV. Okay, now JV at South Florence High School, and I'm assuming most of the baseball programs in the state do the same thing. The JVs and the varsities practice together. Okay, so they're all getting the same instruction every single day. They're going through the same two and a half hour practice. All the coaches within the program are working with everybody at the same time. It's really a good format. It's worked out really well for us for for many years. I mean, I know Coach Gray's been here for thirty years. I think he's always done it that way. Uh, it's phenomenal. So um, the instruction doesn't really again. The instruction doesn't change because. The kids at this point, when they hit, a, when they're freshmen, they should know. They know how we do all this stuff. So it's like the, there's not a lot of new learning. There is no learning curve. You know, they're just ready to go. They're ready to go compete um, and start mastering. We talk about mastering their development. This is the JV levels where we start mastering the development. Now, the one thing that is going to change though is playing time, right? And this is a bit, another big adjustment for parents is you, you go from the middle school model where you're trying to like really work hard to not necessarily make it equal playing time, but make sure guys are getting ample opportunities to compete. You get into JV, it changes a little bit because as a JV coach, the priority becomes, okay, we've got to develop guys to be varsity players like tomorrow, uh, you know, because – I mean, we had one year we had JV player. He was a JV guy on day one, and by day six he was a varsity player because we got a guy get kicked off the team and an injury. Okay, so welcome to varsity baseball, buddy. You're a freshman. You haven't played a single JV game yet. Here you go. Um, now, it, it panned out. That guy ended up being the best nine-hole hitter in the state of South Carolina his freshman year. It may have been a sophomore year, actually, but either way. Uh, I felt like we did a really good job developing him through the program to get him ready to compete at that level. Um, so, you know, that's what's different. We talk about fast-track development. You you hit the field as a JV guy, it's fast-track development. Now, within that, we still have project players. I can think of a few project players we have on our roster right now, guys that they have zero shot at playing varsity baseball this year or next year. But they're good kids. They work hard. Uh, you know, if they get 10 at-bats this year, that's going to be a good year for them. But the goal is – we like what they bring to the table. We like their effort and their attitude. Uh, and the hope is, you know, by the time they're, they're juniors, they can contribute to the program. Uh, and, and who knows? Kids grow, you know, they progress at different levels. Sometimes those kids that we're thinking, hey, this is more of a two-year project for us versus a one-year project, you know, they pan out. It happens all the time. 
Um, so that's kind of the JV breakdown. One thing that bothers me, really grinds my gears. Um, I know a lot of people don't care about this, but you know, it grinds my gears a little bit when I get parents who are like, oh, my kid's a JV player and he's a sophomore. So what? So what? It is what it is. Now, I blame college baseball for this because college baseball's gotten this terrible thing of like, you know, recruiting guys out of the womb now. Oh yeah, he projects really well. It's like an arms race to see who can get the get their classes, their twenty seventy five class filled already, and it's twenty twenty three. Um, and that's fine. It's just the state of college baseball. But guys develop at different levels. Okay, you know, if if you have a sophomore on a junior varsity team, it's not a death sentence. It doesn't mean he sucks. It doesn't mean he's not going to get a shake. Uh, it just means a We've got a really good varsity team, and his position is full with depth, and it doesn't make sense for him to come into varsity and sit on the bench. Okay, that's option one, so he's playing JV. Or option two is, you know, as we look at where we're at as a program, they're not quite there yet, and that's okay too. Again, people develop at different levels. But a lot of times that comes down to what is your child doing, not just while he's here, but while he's, you know, like at the house. What's he doing in the offseason? Is he lifting? Is he getting stronger? Is his arm getting stronger? Is he becoming a better hitter? Is he doing all that, all those things throughout the year? Is he waiting until January to show up and, you know, he's already missed two, two months of practice, two months of, two months of weights, et cetera, et cetera. So that's just one thing I want to clear up. Um, playing JV baseball is not a death sentence. You are the future of our baseball program and you play a vital role. All right. So that's JV. Now varsity. Okay. What to expect. Okay. A varsity program should be the best 15 to 20 guys within the program, regardless of, of age, period. Uh, varsity head coaches' jobs win baseball games at that point. Yes, uh, our priority is to develop young men and develop baseball players, 100%. And those two can coexist. But at the end of the day, when it comes time to make lineups out, I love all the guys we coach. But – I want Coach Gray to put the best nine guys in the lineup who gives a chance chance to win the baseball game that night. Because winning, winning is fun. And winning teaches guys a lot. So um, that's important. Uh, that's the expectation. If you're a parent and you don't like it, tough. It's not about you. It's about a baseball program. And quite frankly, your opinion on the matter, it doesn't matter. We're beyond that point. If you want to have an opinion on stuff like that, you know, go, go coach rec ball. Go start your own travel team, you know, whatever. I mean, it is what I, – I don't mean to be ugly about it, but it is what it is. Like, our job is to put the best nine guys on the field every single night and go win baseball games. Because at the end of the day, if you don't win enough, you're going to be looking for a job. Um, and and that's, that's the reality of, of high school athletics as a coach. Uh, and we all love doing what we do. Uh, coach Gray's been fortunate to do it for 30-plus years now. I've been fortunate to be a part of his staff for six years. Coach Dickerson's been on staff for eight years. Coach Allison, seven, and so on and so forth. I mean, we got to continue to be turning guys out that that are progressing not just as people but as baseball players. And at the end of the day, you have to show up in the win column enough and uh, or else you're not going to have an opportunity to do that. Um, so that's kind of – that's I mean, that's just cut and dry. That's what you can expect at that level. And it, it frustrates me sometimes when I hear parents, well, my son's a senior and you're starting this kid and the senior in front of him striking out. and that Just stop it. Stop it. 
as parents, we have to have the ability to separate ourselves from the situation and say, okay, this coach didn't wake up today and say, today I want to lose or today I want to hurt so-and-so's feelings. Nobody wakes up and does that. They wake up and say, how are we going to be on the right side of the winning column at 9 o'clock tonight or 10.30 tonight or whatever? Um, And sometimes that means your kid's a part of that equation every day, and sometimes that means your kid's a part of that equation in a a role-play, playing role. Um, And that's okay because, again, back to my original point, every role can't be equal, but every role is important to the team hitting what we're trying to do as a team. So that's varsity baseball in a nutshell. If it offends you, I'm not sorry because it is what it is. Um, so now we have a good understanding of that. Like, what are some do's and don'ts as parents? Um, you know, I say this all, all the time. Like, do ask questions when you're given the opportunity to ask questions early in the year, like parent meetings and stuff like that. That's important. Okay. If you don't know, if you have a question about something, most likely, um, most likely another parent has the same question and, and that's good. Um, ask the question because your one get out of jail free card, your one ask anything you want moment is at the parents meeting because after that we transition into, we're trying to teach your kids how to be active listeners and, and have tough conversations sometimes and, and be the driver of conversation. So, um, once we get past the initial meeting, it's kind of time for the parent to step back, be a great fan. Um, if you want to ask your kids stuff, ask your kids, but your kids have to be driving the conversation with the coaches. That's, I've always said that's the most vital relationship in sports that a lot of times parents don't, don't appreciate. You know, they, they are in such a rush to overstep that their kid loses an opportunity to like really establish a great relationship with their coach because the parent gets in the way of it. Don't, don't do that. Let your kid build that, build that relationship. If he's going to be late for practice, let him tell, Hey coach, I'm going to be late. Here's why. Okay. Hey, I'm sick. Doesn't, you know, Hey, uh, I don't have my permit. I mean, I don't have my night license coach. What do I need to do about doing that? You know, don't have your parents, and this happened before, and this isn't this is no knock on the parent to send me this. Don't have your kids sending the text. I mean, don't don't be that person sending the text asking what to do. Tell your child, hey, go talk to coach so and so about this, and then get back to me with what the process is and the answer. Okay? We trust our kids enough to get in the car, drive down drive down the road, not get a speeding ticket, not you know, not okay, so we can trust them to go see their coach and ask ask questions like that. And that was no offense to the person who asked me that, if they're listening. Um, do, volunteer, do, help with fundraising, do offer your assistance with things like scorekeeping, game changer, scoreboard, PA. I mean, all that stuff's important, but it's really important just giving a great experience to the kids that are a part of the team. I mean, we've got a parent right now. I didn't even ask. Like, he just shows up. He knew that we don't like parents in the dugout. We don't like him any within a 20-foot square of the dugout. He just shows up with a cooler first day of the year. Nobody asks him. Shows up. Hey, I got this nice Yeti cooler full of Gatorades and waters. I know y'all don't want parents around the dugout. I want to make sure the kids didn't have to ask their parents during the game. What a guy. Never asked. Right? That's the type of stuff that – not saying that we deserve that. I'm just saying that's like a parent – 
taking that next step without an expectation of us delivering anything to him for that. It's just, hey, like, I want to help y'all's job be easier. Y'all take care of everything on the inside of the fence. This is a way I can help on the outside of the fence. So that's definitely a do. Help out every chance you get um, and stuff like that. Um, A couple other do's. Be a great supporter of the program, okay? Sometimes it's going to be hard when your kid's competing with a kid for the same position and you're got your kid's the role player and somebody else's kid's the start. Okay? It's tough. Okay? But it's not about you, right? Swallow your pride. Cheer on the other kid. Never cheer for that kid to be to, to fail. Cheer for him to be successful. Um, another do. Let me think. There was another do on that list, and I can't remember. Uh, okay, we'll flip into the don'ts. Okay, and the don'ts. The don'ts sometimes are. I think I my delivery's off sometimes. I'm not scolding anybody. I'm just telling you things that like these things go on during the year, and I'm like, man, I'd really like to tell somebody like. Don't do that. Stop it. This is my opportunity to do that in a very non-passive aggressive way. Just in- informative. Infomercial. All right. Things we don't want to do. Okay. Do not email the coach, approach the coach post game about playing time. Okay. We talk about like, this goes back to communication, right? We want our kids uh, to communicate. Learn how to communicate. Learn how to have tough conversations, okay? If you're not sure why your kid's not playing, ask them. Hey, dude, what's going on? Like, you doing everything you need to do at practice? They're, they're going to say yes, okay? That's what kids do. Um, they're going to say, yeah, I don't understand why I'm not playing, okay? Or they're going to say, well, I don't know. I just don't, you know. Or – it they what they should say is yeah coach so and so talked to me you know he talked to me about what my role is on the team and my role right now is to be the best pinch hitter I can be and that's that he told me the ways I can improve and get better the things that I would have to do to to start seeing the lineup a little more often that's what they should tell you but you know as a kid you don't want to disappoint your parents and sometimes it's easier to just you know not tell you the full story and kind of take the take the route of you know i just die just with my parent and then maybe they'll you know we'll quit talking about it challenge your kids to be honest about stuff like that because i can can promise you there's not a kid at south lawrence who doesn't understand what their role is or understand what they have to do to get better at their role we talk about it all the time we we hit that conversation head on like nail meat head bam your job's to do this, okay? If you want to improve that role, you got to do this. Um, it's a good thing. But so many times we see parents be, try to be the crutch for that, and they just jump past, like jump over every level that they should jump over. Um, and, and it's frustrating because it kind of takes away from some of the development we're trying to trying to preach to the kid. So now, if you feel like your kid's being done unfairly, that's a different story. But my... Advice to you is you better come with facts on that, just in general, because most coaches, like, they got the facts lined up. You know, if it's a statistical thing, if it's a, you know, this kid's batting 120 in his 25 at bats and this kid's batting 370, like, I'm not going to talk about the – I can't talk to you about the kid batting 370, but I can tell you the things that we've constantly had numerous conversations with about your, your child who's batting 170 and things he has to do to get better. Um, 
that kind of brings me into my next point. Like, if you are going to talk about coaches and have meetings and all that other stuff, don't don't talk about other people's kids. Like, some of the worst things I've seen as a coach were as a result of parent A saying something about player B who wasn't their child, and then we've got, like, a massive issue on the sidelines. And um, it's just a bad, bad situation. Okay? Don't talk about other people's kids. You know, just revert back to being a great supporter of the program. Uh, if you have a meeting with a coach, he's not talking about another player, another parent's kid. He's talking about your kid. So there's no reason to say, well, you know, so-and-so who plays right field or left field, you know, they're batting 270 and they're made nine air. Well, we're not here to talk about him. We're here to talk about your son. Okay. This is a big one. Um, this is the most important thing. I, I talk about this all the time, and it's don't kill team chemistry on the ride home or at the dinner table. Um, you know, your opinion, your opinion to your child is very important. And when you start trashing their coach, it's hard for them to, to buy into what that guy's saying. I see it, seen it happen all the time. Um, luckily not with our program, but I've seen it happen other places. Um, nobody – in high school baseball at the varsity levels making decisions that are not in the best interest of their program. Um, and that means that some nights your child's going to be – I mean, sometimes your child's going to be a part of the equation every night. Sometimes that means your child's going to be a part of the equation as a role player. Um, but it's definitely contrary to popular belief, and this is <laughs> – this really grounds my gears. Um, Contrary to popular belief, it's not because Coach so-and-so went to high school with this guy's dad or his mom is the coach's sister-in-law. I mean, that's so overused in the high school game. Politics, politics, politics. Like, anybody who screams that, I'm just going to tell you, you're a loser, man. You've, you've lost at some point in your life, and you just were terrible about handling it. Don't be that guy or female. Don't be that way. Um it doesn't happen. It does happen, but not with the frequency that parents and sisters and guardians like to think it does. Okay. I promise there's no politics being played over at South Florence High School. Not a shot. Guy leading the program cares way too much about the program for uh, for that to be happening. Uh, the final thing, don't take your child's playing career for granted. Uh, it's going to come and go very quickly. You know, when they show up as a 7th grader, they're going to be a, a 12th grader in the blink of an eye. And um, life's going to be a lot more stressful post-high school and post-college than it ever was playing high school baseball. So let your kids go out there. Uh, enjoy watching them be a part of the team. Enjoy watching them be a part of what goes on in the dugout uh, and all that because it's going to come and go. And, you know, even, like, as a player, like, I, I'd give anything to be able to go back and play this game again. Anything. Uh, I can't. I'm getting old. 33. Um, I'll take BP every once in a while, but uh, I don't, you know. I, but just the experiences and the uh, things that I was able to take part in with my, my teammates in high school was awesome. Uh, some of the best memories of my life. So don't take that from them, but be a part of it. Enjoy it. Okay, be a part of that ride. So uh, that's pretty much it for the do's and don'ts I, I didn't want that to become a preach sesh but there's just some things that i think will help you guys navigate this whole embracing your your player's role embracing your child's role thing now and that kind of takes me to the last part of this and i'll try to make this relatively quick 
So again, we go back to the initial part of this podcast and we talked about players come to high school and for the most part, they've always been, I can tell you now that most of the kids that make our program, they were one top one, two, three, top five on every team they ever played on growing up. So they were always a big fish in a small pond. And you come to high school and you go from being a big fish into a small pond to being a small fish in a large pond, right? You know, every everybody around you is pretty good. Um, and you're no longer the top one or two guys. I mean, somebody's got to be top one or two. But most guys, you know, they're going to fall somewhere in the median, okay? Might be one of the top nine players instead of the top two players, you know? Um, that's a big adjustment. That is a big adjustment because the first time, you know, and this is going to happen uh, next Monday when we play our first game, okay? Parents going to show up. It's going to be the first time. Well, it's going to happen this this weekend probably uh, at our JV tournament. It's going to be the first time a parent shows up and their kid's, like, not in the starting lineup. You know, and there's going to be a moment of anger and a moment of like, what's going on? Why, you know, why? My kid's always started. You know, he started on every team you ever play on. Well, you know, he's one. I mean, our JV team, for I mean, we're really good. There's going to be kids that are going to sit on our bench to begin the year that would start for any other JV program in state. Just a fact. Got kids on our JV team who would start on some varsity programs in the state. Just is what it is. Um, we're blessed. We got great kids. Um, but you know, that's an adjustment. So, uh, and it's, it's something that, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get it day one, uh, as a parent and your child's not going to get it day one. It's a weird feeling. I, I, I can't speak like I understand this cause I never sat at the bench day in my life. The times I did sit were because I was hurt. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and talk like I understand cause I don't. But what I do know is how difficult it is as a coach when we're making these lineups out, and you're like, man, this player playing left field, man, he works his ass off. Like, he's he's a great kid, but he's just not getting it done over the other guy I got to put in front of him. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but anyways, got a little bit off on a, t- a little on a tangent there. Um, but it's important as a parent that you embrace your child's role. Um, you know, I go back, go back to – what I said earlier, I mean, your kid literally gets thrust into a, a program where winning matters and, and, you know, development obviously matters as well. And, you know, all of a sudden your kid's not starting and everybody starts panicking and instead of just letting it pan out, right? Let it pan out. Let your kid, let it, let them struggle. Let them, let them feel bad about not starting. Okay. It should fuel them. Hey, it should get them to walk up to their coach after a couple of games and say, Hey, coach, I'm I feel like I'm doing all things right, but not start. I don't like that. I'm good with my role, but I'd like to improve it. What can I do to get better? What What's stopping you guys from leaning on me a little more? Uh, that's a great conversation. There ain't nobody who's going to get mad about that conversation being had. Like, if your kid hasn't had that conversation, I'd be a little concerned because it's like, dang. I mean, we've already had that conversation like three or four times this year. Like, hey, Coach, what do I need to get better? And it's not like, what do I need to – do to get better i'm just asking that question ask that question it's like legit like he's like he's starting to get the feel like hey i'm like i'm I'm starting to feel like the number two left fielder here like okay what (laughs) before we even play the first game like what do i need to go ahead and get a jump start on i love that self-awareness accountability okay it's awesome but um anyways so when we talk about embracing your child's role like you know 
at the end of the day, if the child's taking care of their mind, body, skill set, and then on game day they're executing, they're probably going to play a whole lot. Um, if they aren't, there's still a role on team form. That role is important. Uh, they're extremely valuable valuable to what we're doing, but you know they got some work to do. And the only way we as coaches can get our players to buy into this idea, the whole idea about every role on the team isn't equal in size, but is vit- it, it execution of that role is vital to the success of the team. The whole way we can, the only way we can get players bought in on that is, you know, parents buying in as well. Parents embracing whatever that role is, whether it's a everyday role or a you know situational role. Okay, because as parents, you're the most important person in your child's life. They look at you for confirmation for all that's good, whether you're proud, satisfied, angry, whether you think the coach is an idiot or a smart guy. I mean, all that stuff matters. So without you committed to helping them see their value to the team and challenging them to show up every day to work towards improving that role or or solidifying the role they have, it's going to be hard for them to ever get there. Um you know, your child embracing a role with the right mindset ultimately comes down to your willingness to be an advocate of your child's coach's decisions instead of being a detractor. I see it all the time. Hey, man, I'm, I'm going to use the guy as an example here. Uh, Shannon Hardy is a guy that, you know, he's he's been a parent in our program for like the last eight years until his kid, grad, his oldest, youngest son graduated last year. People said a lot of negative things about Shannon Hardy. And it, it honestly, it pissed me off because people had no idea how hard his kids worked. Um, and people would say things like, eh, the only reason his kids are playing are because, you know, because of, because of who his dad is and things that he's doing. Right? No. Not true. Will Hardy's all-time hits leader at South Florence, Jake Hardy might be the hardest working kid that I've ever coached. I mean, blue collar all the way through, right? So Shannon Hardy and what he did for our baseball program had nothing to do with why those kids played. But my point is, Shannon, when his kids were doing bad uh, or not performing up to their standard, you know, he he stayed out the way, you know? You know, when Jake went from batting two-hole to batting nine-hole or, you know, whatever, you know, Shannon's right there with us, like, not with us, but, like, guy didn't have blinders on. He understood, like, hey, man, I'm kind of wondering why the heck that kid's still in the lineup versus, you know, why why are y'all still giving my kid an opportunity to play? He's sucking. You know, well, give him a chance to play because he gave his best chance to win. Um, But my point is, like, there's a parent there who's got, you know, every reason financially – for everything he did for the program to say, hey, if y'all want these checks to keep on coming, you're going to make damn sure my kid's playing. Nah, he never took that approach. He was actually critical sometimes at times when he felt like our kid shouldn't, his kid shouldn't have been in the lineup. Um, but the point is, like, do you think when his kids got home, they were listening to him say, man, your coaches are idiots. You know, they should be playing you more often. Even though you're batting 212, they should be playing you more often. Freaking morons. It can't be you, son. It's them. They're idiots. No. He's bought in on the program, bought in on, hey, you know, your coaches can correct this. You gotta, you gotta work harder though. 
Uh, the only person getting you out of the situation is you. And I always appreciated that about him. Um, because, you know, he's the type of guy, and we got a lot of parents who they understand that the child, their child embracing a role with the right mindset ultimately comes down to them. And um, as parents, you got to give your kids the courage every day to keep showing up, even when they're not experiencing the desired outcome instead of, you know, turning into a, a negativity, uh, you know, a blame game on whose fault it is that your kid's not getting the desired outcome. So anyways, that's all I got on that. Um, just final thoughts. Uh, one, thanks for listening. Um, you know, I, I said I was going to keep this at 30 minutes, and I'm pretty sure I talked over that. But uh, my bad. Try to shorten it up. Um, but the first few weeks of high school baseball season, it's it's filled with a lot of emotions, and that's totally normal. Um, you know, as parents, you know, we need you guys to help the situation not hurt it, Okay. Uh, the things I've said on this podcast, the things that I wrote in the article on my Substack, you know, go read it. You know, I think the big thing and one final takeaway is the high school experience is not about you as a parent. Okay, it's one hundred percent about your kid. So just be a supporter, stay out of it. You know, let them fail, let them succeed. Don't let them get too high. Don't get them too. Don't let them get too low. Um, but don't be sitting there being pissy and mad because your kid's not in the lineup because you think that makes you look bad. It's not about you. It's about your kid. Um, and the final thing is I'm, I'm a parent, so I know how hard it is sometimes to take the blinders off, okay? My kid plays high school golf. He works his ass off. He's one of the hardest workers I know. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, you don't get rewarded for being the hardest worker on the team. Uh, when it comes for high school golf, it comes down to who's got the lowest scores. And, um, you know, I'm a parent. It's frustrating for me sometimes when I see the work he puts in and I see, well, he's not traveling with the team today because he didn't post a top six qualifying score or whatever. You know, it's frustrating. Um, but it's not my job to email Paul or text his coach and say, hey, you know, my kid works harder than everybody else. I can't believe you're not playing him. No, it's not my job. Um, my job is to support the team, okay? And my job is to keep pushing my child to show up every day and, hey, keep working, keep working. Good things going to happen if you keep working. Uh, I got to give him the courage to keep showing up every day and, and, and trying to trying to make it happen. And as parents, that's what we have to do. So that's all I got. Thank you for joining. Uh, I will try to get you guys another episode sometime this week. Always welcome to any feedback, uh, comments, outbursts, whatever. Let me know. Uh, Until next time, this is Coach Hyman. Uh, Best of luck to everybody who's starting their season in the next seven days. I wish you nothing but uh, a ton of success. Okay? And that'll do it. See ya.